What's up, Velocity Church? Come on, let's give God some praise. Can we do that right now? This is what an amazing Sunday. Good morning. Let's try. They told me second service is rowdy. You better, you better deliver. I said, good morning. That's what I'm talking about right there. Man, you chose the right day to be in church. My name is Carrie Robinson. I hail from the communist state of California. It's so good to be here in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And uh, man, it's such an honor to be at this amazing church. We have been friends. My wife and I have been friends with Pastor Justin and Marissa for many years now. This church was planted one year before we planted our church, and uh, we've been following the journey We've been watching the journey of you getting into the largest building on the planet. These don't exist in California, so we're just breaking the 10th commandment and coveting your building. But uh, it's been everything Velocity does, we just rip it off and do it the same. We just don't give you credit. But uh, I, I got to tell you, every time I'm with Pastor Justin, it's like sitting at the feet of a rabbi or a Yoda. And I just, I, you, you know what I'm talking about? If you've had a conversation, the wisdom that he just drops in just singular conversations. And I, I leave I leave a better husband, I leave a better pastor, a better leader, a better friend. And there's something about that deposit in his life that is just, it's, it's beautiful. And I don't, I don't know if you know, sometimes you need to have somebody come in and just remind you of how great your pastors are. And can we just give them a round of applause, even though they're not here, and, and honor them and, and what they're doing. And, I'm just telling you, every time I, I finish a conversation, I leave and I go tell my wife, man, I got to hang out with Justin Moore. He's just the wisdom. And then I was just during, during praise and worship, and I was walking around this ginormous building. It's, a, it's like a Costco in here. And, uh, and I was just in worship. I was just thinking about the, the story in Genesis where, where one, of the, one of the chief characters of the Bible, he has this encounter with the presence of God. And he, he goes, oh, how awesome is this place? None other than the house of God. You, you guys are part of something beautiful. Whether you've been here for a few weeks, a few months, or maybe you're OG and you remember when you were portable and you're like, thank God, we're not setting up and tearing down anymore. We got a building. God's doing something big. And when I walked around here with my wife, we got to tour the building last night, I just... I got back to the hotel room and I was just praying and just going, God, this is something. It's like, it's like seeing something beautiful before it's even gotten started. Like you're just getting started. The best days of Velocity Church are ahead. Come on, church. And you're a part of that. And I, I can't wait to see what God does in, in and through this. And listen, if you're greeting us, on, tuning in online, we're glad you're with us. Make sure you get here next week. Uh, it's going to be an awesome week, but we're glad that you're in person, online, all of the above. Thanks for letting me hang out. I'm going to preach and try to preach a little faster. First service didn't laugh as hard. You laugh hard, I'll be done sooner, just so you know. That's the ticket. But I, I didn't come alone. I, I came here with my amazing family, my wife of 22 and a half years. My beautiful wife, Megan, is here. We, we are high school sweethearts. Yeah, I was a sophomore and she was a senior, so she's my cougar. Come on, somebody, right there. That joke never gets old. And, uh, and then I've got my two beautiful daughters, Avery, who's 14, and Brooklyn, who is 19. One of them is my favorite. I won't tell you which one, but one of them is my favorite. And then there's also a boy that's with us, and he's dating my oldest daughter. So if you know where to bury bodies, if you could come and find me. I know I'm kidding. His name is Gavin, and we absolutely love him, and we're, we're grateful he's hanging with us. We're going to spend the week with my wife's family um, on Lake of the Ozarks, and I told Justin we were swinging through. He said, dude, come hang at the church, and just so honored to be here. I really am. 
And I, I think God wants to do something in our lives if we will allow him. Is it okay if I read a scripture? Is that cool if we do that? I just, I want to read a couple scriptures. And it's found in Ephesians. And, and then we're going to pray and we'll dive into this message. It's found in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. But I'm going to read from the message paraphrase. And, uh, and, and I, I just like some of the ways that this is worded. It kind of paints this vivid picture for us. And I want you to check this out and lean in. Check this out. Ephesians 2, uh, verse 14 through 22. It says this. The Messiah has made things up between us so that we are now together on this. Both non-Jewish outsider and Jewish insider, he tore down the wall that we used to keep each other at a distance. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. And then he started over. Instead of contending with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everyone. Come on, that's a good word right there. Verse 19 continues with this. I love how Paul says this. He said, that's plain enough, isn't it? Like, that's like a mic drop. That's a proverbial mic drop. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no, no, no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. Look at this. You belong here. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Turn to your second choice say, maybe you too. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here and what he's building. He used the apostles and the prophets first for the foundation. And now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone. With Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together, we see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. The title of my message today is Built to Build. Everybody say, Built to Build. I want to pray to kick this off, but before we do, and you already, some of you are already bowing your heads, you know the drill. Before we do, hey, I got like 33 minutes and 30, 29 seconds now. What, what if today we, we didn't come here to go home the same? What if, hey, listen, I've been in church my whole life. I'm a pastor's kid. My grandfather's a pastor. My wife's parents were pastors. I mean, it's like I was born the next week. I was on when I got sick. My mom was like, church is the best place for your sick body. You're going to get healed in Jesus' name. Are you tracking with me? Okay, but goodness, I got to tell you, it's really, really easy, really easy for us to punch the church clock. We already got lunch on our mind. I know what you're thinking. You got lunch ready. We got plans. We've done this before. You may have heard a sermon just like this before. You've read this scripture. But man, what if we just had this expectation for the next 32 minutes? That the God of the universe, the very one who put each star in its position within the sky and spun the earth on its axis, who knelt in the dust and formed Adam and breathed life in him. That same God is here right now. Look at me in the eyes. He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or imagine. Can we have that kind of expectancy today? Now let's pray. God, we come to you humbly 
and boldly before the throne of grace. God, we didn't come here to go home the same. We came here to be transformed from the inside out. We open our hearts to you. We open our minds to you. We give you permission to do whatever you want to do in our lives. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, which just means I agree. And Pastor Kerry, you are good looking. So thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I don't know, maybe some of you can relate. I'm looking out across this crowd, and I know for a fact some of you can, but just had this major realization not too long ago, and it was kind of discouraging at first, but now I'm just rolling with it. And if you can identify, then just, you know, like clap or raise your hand or whatever it might be. But I just kind of got to this place where I realized that I'm getting old. Can anybody else identify? Yeah, okay, thank you. Some of you are like, no, that's not me. Well, I just was like, man, I'm getting old. And there's some indicators as to how I know that I'm getting old. And one is I used to have a forehead, now I have a six head. Are you tracking with me? I see my brother right here knows what I'm talking about right here. Listen, we got a group for bald guys in this church. And the good news is I found my hair, it's now on my back. Can I get an amen? So like I just, that's how I know I'm getting old. Another reason I know I'm getting old is that I just, I love to be at my home. Does anybody love their home? I love my couch. My couch has perfectly aligned cushions to the hind court. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Another reason I know I, I'm getting old is one of my favorite places to go on the planet is Costco. Can I get an amen, somebody? Where I live, you can get like a power washer, a side of beef, and a surfboard all at the same location. And the best thing about Costco is the samples. Yes, that was the worst part about COVID. They took away our samples. I was like, this is demonic. Are you kidding me? Well, I, I officially knew I was old when one, one weekend my wife and I got away for a night at one of our favorite hotels in San Diego. It's like a 14-story uh, hotel. We threw some food on the counter to make sure our kids were good and took off, and I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Got to this hotel, and we're like on the 12th floor. We walk into the hotel room, and within seconds, both my wife and I are peeled to the window, gazing out for 45 minutes, sipping our coffee, as we watch this phenomenon take place. And I, 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 you, you might be able to get it. In first service, the, the right and left sections didn't get it. It was a center section. So I'm, I'm going to start with you. Please don't disappoint. But we sat there and we watched this crew of construction workers who were building a crane, like the tall cranes with the T on the top, right? And they were spending hours building this crane. And the reason they were building this crane was to build another crane... And that crane was designed and created to build a building. It was a crane building a crane to build a building. You're not getting it. I don't, there was a, a crane. Guys, I don't, help me out. There was this instrument, this tool. It was a crane that was, they were building it to build another crane to build a building. Okay, let's try. I, this is disappointing. Guys, please, they don't know. You know, I can see it. There was a crane building a crane to build a building. My favorite section right here, bar nine. It blew my mind. It was the, literally, this crane is a tool. It's designed to build things. And it was building another tool, which is designed to build things, which was building a building. A crane building a crane. To build a building. You're never going to forget this message, I promise. And in that moment of my oldness, it dawned on me. 
This is just like what God is doing in the church. God is building people to build his church, which builds people. Just like a crane, come on, building a crane to build a building. Mind blown. And can I just tell you that a life committed to building his church is a life worth living. God is always building his church. And he's using people like you and me to build his church so that the church can build his people. I love what Pastor Kevin Gerald said. He said, the church is God's idea. It ain't man's idea. He said, the church is, plan, is God's plan A, and there ain't no plan B. I love that. A life committed to building his church is a life worth living. Paul said in Ephesians 2, he said, the Messiah has made things up between us so that we are now together on this both non-Jewish outsider and Jewish insider. He tore down the wall that we used to keep each other at a distance. Now, I know you know this, but in the temple of those days, when, when Paul was writing about the temple, there were various sections of the temple, and the most important was the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God would be. But the furthest distance from the Holy of Holies, there was literally a wall built across the center of the outer court. And on this wall was a sign written to anyone who was not a Jew that said, if you are not a Jew and you cross to the other side of this wall, we're going to kill you. That's the carry paraphrase, but that's what the sign said. And so what Paul is saying is Jesus tore that wall down. Why? Because the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is for all who would believe Jew and Gentile, male and female, slave and free. And he's saying, listen, Jesus tore that wall down. Don't rebuild it. we got to be careful that we're not keeping the outsiders out so we keep the insiders in. And my challenge and my concern is that if we're not careful, church, listen to me. If we're not careful, we will unintentionally rebuild the wall that Jesus tore down. We love Christian things, don't we? We love Christian music, Christian t-shirts. We love that Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. Come on, Kanye. (laughs) The greatest fast food franchise on the planet is called In-N-Out, and it's founded by Christians. On the bottom of the cup, it says John 3.16, and Christians love to go in and drink their soda and hold the cup up, hoping that people get saved through osmosis. (laughs) We love really horrible Christian movies. I didn't know Nicolas Cage was still alive. Apparently, he is. We love us some Kirk Cameron on YouTube. I can tell right now some of you do. Yes. And we love this. Why? We love to create a community that's all about our faith, but sometimes unintentionally we create a country club for Christians that makes us feel safe and cozy inside. And then we build this wall little by little, layer by layer, and the people who are outside the walls of this church are going, where do I find hope? Where do I find peace? Where do I find this thing that will squash fear and remind me that I've got a future? And God's going, I'm building the church for this reason. But if we're not careful, we'll rebuild that wall. Now listen to me. The last couple of years have shown us quite a few things. In fact, our nation is more polarized now than ever. Now, I don't know if y'all had a pandemic out here, but in California, it just ended like a couple weeks ago. (laughs) And we found that now, if you don't agree with me, we're polarized. In other words, it used to be we could have disagreements, but now if you don't align with me or agree with me, you're my enemy. And so there's been this swing towards the truth to remind us of the foundation of God's word for our life. 
I know Pastor Justin has been on this training saying, wait, we got to remember what the truth of God's word says. Look at me. Jesus is not asking your or your generation's opinion about what his word means. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we need to be founded in the truth. Otherwise, like MC Hammer will sway with the winds of cold. Nobody? Nobody MC Hammer fans? You and Y'all need to get on with your music game right now. Thank you, MC Hammer fan over here. We'll sway with the winds of culture and we'll go, oh, maybe we believe this or, oh, maybe we believe this or we'll subtract the things from the word of God that we just don't feel very comfortable about. But no, 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 no. The word of God is the truth for us. It is a foundation. Listen to me. Pay attention for a moment. Listen, we need to know what the truth of God's word is so that it is our foundation. I am not wavering, no matter, like those inflatable things at the car wash. (laughs) Winds may blow, but my feet are founded. Listen to me. But as a church, our role, our responsibility is to reach out with the hands of grace and say, hey, come on. Let me show you the way to truth. Let me show you the way to freedom. Why? Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So my truth of the word of the truth of the word of God is not to slap you in the face and to call you a failure. It's to show you the way to freedom. If we miss this, we'll rebuild the wall that Jesus tore down. We found Jesus over and over and over again, sinning with the greatest of reprobates, the greatest of sinners, founded firmly in the truth. He is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. So he cannot waver from the truth. He is not a man that he can lie. He is both God and man. And he sits down with the woman at the well. And she says, man, I, 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 he said, go get your husband. She said, he's not my husband. He said, I know. And neither of the for previous five guys you've been with, girl, we're praying for you. <laughs> he didn't affirm her lifestyle. He didn't say, it's okay. You just keep doing you and you find your truth. He didn't punch her in the face and call her a sinner and tell her she's going to the greatest pit of hell. He said, hey, I'm going to show you the water that you can drink from and you will thirst no more. So listen to me, church. We need the truth of God's word in our life so that we can extend the arms of grace and love and hope and mercy and joy and peace. Are you with me? So Paul's saying, hey, don't rebuild that wall. Don't Jesus tore that down. Don't rebuild that wall. Let's not make our whole stance as the church of Jesus Christ what we stand against. Let's remember to make the stance of who we are what we stand for. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes. Are you with me, church? Second service got a little quiet on me. That's what Jesus was known for. He fulfilled the law, and he removed what we added to it. Here's what Jesus said in kind. He said, you were born a sinner. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you now. You you were born a sinner. But I'm going to still die for you. He said, in fact, the greatest step of faith ever taken by any individual on the planet Ever in the history of mankind was Jesus when not only did he extend the greatest sacrificial love to you and to me, but he did so in faith. He said, I'm going to die for you even though I'm not sure if you're going to choose me or not. 
I'm going to extend you grace and hope and mercy that is new every morning, but you get to choose and you may reject me. What he's saying essentially is that no matter your past, no matter your story, no matter your belief, you are loved. No matter your past, no matter your story, no matter your belief, you are loved. Paul said, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. He's saying, welcome home. You found a place to belong. You belong here. This kingdom of faith, the front row is getting sprayed by the anointing this morning. I'll try to step back. <laughs> this kingdom of faith is now your home country. You know what the kingdom of faith is that Paul is talking about? It's the church. It's the church. And you know what the church is? It's not a platform. It's not a pulpit. It's not a beautiful LED wall. It's not a sound system. It's not the largest former grocery store in the history of planet Earth. <laughs> the kingdom of faith, the church, it's you. And it's you. It's you. It's me. And it's you. That's the church. You are the church. Even this section. You are the church, which is terrifying. Because you are jacked up. Anybody in here just a little bit jacked up. Raise your hand. If your hand isn't up, get away from them. They are very jacked up. <laughs> hide your kids and hide your wife. You in church and we got crazy people. Can I get an amen? How many of you can identify with me and you are really jacked up? Would you thank you? This lady right here, we are meant to be best friends. Thank you. Listen, the church is full of people who are messy, imperfect, and jacked up. And yet God still does things here that doesn't happen anywhere else. It's here that marriages are healed. It's here that right across the lobby, your kids are not being babysat. They're being spoken destiny and purpose and future into their life. They are teachers who are volunteering, and they're leaning down and looking into your son or daughter's eyes, saying, I believe in you. God's purpose is for you. He created you. You have a destiny. Guys, that doesn't happen anywhere else. Sure, there may be some teachers who will do that secretly because they work for the public school system. they got to be covert, maybe a coach. But every week here, your kids are being inspired. Marriages are healed. Broken hearts are are mended. Destiny is discovered. Blind eyes are open. Deaf ears are open. The lame walk and the dead... Live again. I've never seen the dead. someone raised from the dead. Have you ever had a, a dream that was dead come back to life? Stuff happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. Are you with me? Stuff happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. And he's using messy, imperfect, jacked up people just like you. Like a crane building a to build a and you know when God uses imperfect people you know what that means imperfect things happen in church yeah. 
you've probably been hurt by some imperfect people. I know for a fact you've hurt some imperfect people. You've probably been offended by something somebody said. But it doesn't change the fact that God's still doing things here that doesn't happen anywhere else. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building his home. He's using us all irrespective of how he got here. Isn't it interesting? It says God is building a home, present tense, right now. He's building. He's building. He's building. Right now he's building. And, and the church is you. The church is me. And he's building right now, which means that you are a construction project. Now, now I'm not talking to the person seated on your right and your left. I'm not talking to first service. I'm talking to you. You are a construction project, which means you have not arrived in your faith. Encouragement. No matter how many Bible verses you have memorized, no matter how many years you've been at this church or 18 other churches or how many groups you've led, you haven't arrived. Isn't that encouraging? You're under construction. So am I. So what kind of construction project are you? What kind of construction project are you? Isn't it a beautiful place to, to belong to a kingdom of faith, a church where we all recognize that without Jesus, we're a mess, but with Jesus, we're in progress. Can I get an amen? What type of construction project are you? You know, there's various types of projects. Some of you may know. Some of you are in construction. Some of you are engineers. But, you know, one of the most basic primary is new construction. This is where you find a, a piece of land and you, you clear the land. Now, I've heard of these things. We don't have land in Orange County. But you clear the land and you take down the trees and you smooth it out and you, you kind of line out where the foundation goes and you pour the foundation stone and then you bring in the framers and they, they put a wall here and a door there and a window here and they put up the exterior and the shingles and the roof to make sure everything's protected. And if you're here and you're new construction, that's when, when you're new to faith. Maybe you've just been in the journey for a few weeks, a few months, maybe a few years, or maybe just recently coming back to Jesus after a, a long hiatus, and you're in this place where you're just discovering the fullness that God has. You're discovering the purposes that God has for you, and can I just tell you, if that's you, if you're new construction, whether you're in the room or online, velocity is the place for you. Yeah. It's why we exist as a church, and here's what happens. The community of faith surrounds you and says, hey, we're going to build a wall here. You see, we used to say yes to these things and yes to those things, but they were destructive. So now we're going to build a wall, but we're going to build a door here, and we're going to bring in new relationships, people who speak to my purpose, people who speak to my future, people who believe in me. We're going to let them in. We're going to put a window here, and the window is the place where we open our lives and our hearts to the power of the Holy Spirit. The pneuma. In the New Testament, the Ruach, you got to go, <laughs> in the Old Testament, the breath of fresh air. Everybody take a deep breath. Some of you need a mint. <laughs> we put a window here and we say, Holy Spirit, now you, you, you counsel, you guide, you lead me. I used to do all the deciding. I used to make all the decisions and get the plan for my life, but the scripture says, in a heart, a man plans his ways, but it's the Lord who orders his steps. So the Holy Spirit goes, okay. New construction. If that's you, listen to me. Velocity is your church. If you've been searching for a new church, stop searching. The search is over. Hey, your next step, get into essentials. You, they talk about it 78 times in a service. Stop dragging your feet. Well, when is it? I don't know. What room is it? East and West. Stop it. <laughs> Just go. 
Obviously, that hit well. So <laughs> stop doing that and just get to essentials. Why? Because the kingdom of faith is going to go, hey, here, we're going to help you know where to build a wall. We're going to help you know where to put a, a door. We're going to help you know, what, here's what the whole, how the Holy Spirit speaks. Yeah. There's another type of construction. It's called renovation. So when we've had this existing house, and we want to put in a new kitchen. We'll put it in a pool. I don't know why I'm doing this, but Pastor Justin has never done that, so I'm just doing that for him. When you see him, be like, what's up, Pastor Justin? Anyways, okay, that's weird. Don't do that. It's where we're designed. We're taking something that was old, and we're making it new again. And some of you in this room, maybe most of you in this room, maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a few weeks, few months, but really quite a few years. You've heard all the sermons. You know how to clap your hands in the fast song, raise your hand in the slow song, when to sit down, when to stand up. You know how to greet your neighbor, even if you're an introvert. You know how to do it. And listen, I'm just telling you, if you're here and you've been following Jesus for a long time, you're under construction, this might be you. And this is when you need to start asking the questions of, God, what in my life needs to change? What are some opinions that I've been holding on to that I just need to be open to the fullness of what you want to say and do? What have I been holding on to, God, that I need to let go of that's, that's inhibiting me from stepping into my future? Maybe it's bitterness and unforgiveness. Somebody said something to you or did something to you and you will never, for, you will remember where you were standing and what you were wearing because the words cut so deep. And you're still holding on to it. As if it's, going to hurt them, but it's only hurting you. And God's going, man, I have so much more for you, but I can't move through your unforgiveness. Maybe today, God's going, hey, why don't you just let go of that? Why don't you give God permission to handle them and, and let, you, let him work on your own heart? You're saying, God, I'm giving you permission to rearrange the proverbial furniture of my life. I don't want to just do faith. I don't want to just think faith. I want to live faith. How many of you are still at the place in your walk with the Lord where Sunday mornings are still exciting? And you're like, man, I get to gather and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. David said, return to me the joy of my salvation. We come into a worship service and I, I often am so inspired and so discouraged by Often the climate in churches, not this church, other churches, and we sing songs like, you're worthy of it all, you're worthy of it all, for from you are all things, and to you are all things, you deserve the glory. Do you remember what your life was like without him? I do. I remember the darkness and the depravity of my own soul and experiencing Jesus firmly founded in truth, extending a hand of grace and pulling me in towards him saying, hey, I've still got you. So when we sing, you're worthy of it all. My heart is like God. How long has it been since you've been there? Sometimes the further from our moment of salvation, we forget how good he is. Christianity can become such a routine. It's like driving home from work. You ever got into your driveway and you're like, I don't know if I went through a green light or a red light or how I got here. Is there a dead person on the front of my car? I don't know. 
You've been there too, apparently. <laughs> and church can be to come the same way. Like the, the God of the universe is here. And you know what he jealously wants is your praise. And, and you, not, not second service, first service, have the audacity to come and stand. Selah. Let that sink for a moment. I'm just, what? Maybe you're here and, and your faith is so stale like an open bag of chips. And, and Jesus is going, man, I, I've got so much more for you. Don't forget where you've come from. I'm still doing work in you. Why? Because I'm building my church because there's other people that have a story like you. And they need your story. So that more people can come into a service and say, you're worthy of it all. What type of construction project are you? Are you new construction? Are you renovation? Or maybe you're remediation. I don't know if you've ever dealt with mold before. When we first moved to California, we lived in a condo. It was an 1,100 square foot condo with no air conditioning, no garage, three bedrooms, two baths, and an itty bitty living space. And one day we had a drip coming from the upstairs kitchen. I went upstairs and knocked on the door. Hey, do you have a leak under your sink? She said, I don't know. I don't think I do. I said, can I come in and take a look? She's like, sure. So I opened up the cabinets under her sink and a demigorgon from the upside down and Stranger Things <laughs> tried to eat me. I don't watch that show. I'm a Christian. I've just heard. So they had to come in and tear down every cabinet and strip the walls and remove the mold. It was two weeks. It was a crazy frustration. Do you know the Old Testament talks about how to remove mold in your house? It's in most of your favorite book of the Bible, Leviticus. And um, this is Old Testament before Jesus shows up. And, and there was this instruction on how you deal with mold if it's found in your house. And if you found mold, like on the wall of your, your home, you would get the priest. And the priest would come in and he would examine the mold. And if he found it here... He would take a trowel or something. He would scrape out the area of mold and he would remove, remove it. And then he would return in seven days to see if the mold persisted. And if after seven days the mold was still there, he would remove either an entire chunk of the wall or he'd remove the entire wall itself. He would leave and he would come back in two weeks. And if the mold persisted, then they would just tear down the entire house. You know what's interesting is that throughout Scripture, anytime the, 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 the Scripture references mold, it's always an allegory or an illustration of the power of sin. Because sin is corrosive. Sin finds its power in the secret. Mold grows in the darkness. Mold undetected and undealt with will destroy everything, just like the power of sin. We're all under construction. Some of us in this room are allowing the festering, corrosive power of sin to slowly and secretly de destroy your life. You think that your private rebellion is hurting no one, but you're fooling yourself. And you need to deal with it. I don't know what sin it is that you might struggle with. And the beauty of the way that the power of the Holy Spirit works is that I don't have to go through a list of all the sins because the Holy Spirit's in this room and he leans in in the most soft and gentle way that he does and he just taps us on our shoulder and he says, Carrie, he's talking to you. 
you keep looking at that website and you shouldn't be or you keep numbing out with this and you shouldn't you keep having those judgmental thoughts and I don't think that's honoring to the Lord and you know better he doesn't bring condemnation he doesn't come in and say you're a failure you screwed up it will always be this way you will always be that way that's the voice of the enemy that's a lie from the pit of hell the Holy Spirit leans in and says hey you you're better than this there's hope for you Fear is not your future. Heartbreak's not your home. Death is not the end. But you cannot do this alone. You need the community of faith. The beautiful thing of the story in Leviticus is when the priest would tear down the home, the community would then come and help the individual rebuild their house. And some of you have the corrosive power of sin at work in your life, and you are just one conversation away from finding freedom. And Velocity is the church for you. That's why we do groups. So that men and women can get around you and say, we're going to rebuild your house. We're with you. We're not against you. We're for you. God is for you. The greatest days of your life are ahead of you. The darkest moments of my life, I thought I was done and out. I thought there'd be no hope for ministry, that I was silenced, it was over, the death sentence had happened, I made too many poor choices. And the only way, reason I'm here today is because the power of the Holy Spirit and some godly men who got around me said, we're going to tear this house down to rebuild it. They put my arm on their shoulder and they helped me learn how to take baby steps in faith and how to build character in my life and how to follow the voice and the sound of the Holy Spirit. And I would not be here if it wasn't for groups. It's the kingdom of faith. It's the church. And listen, the groups, they were imperfect too. They were under construction too. Like a crane. Building a crane. Build Five extra minutes. Is that okay? Anybody, five, anybody, five minutes, hands up, yes or no? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25. It's an old preacher joke. Sorry, Pastor Justin. That was just five minutes. I just know that in this moment, as we talk about this, the, the, the enemy is not creative, he's crafty. He uses the same stupid approach over and over and over again, just from different angles. And I know right now the enemy sneaks in in this very service and the Holy Spirit's doing a work, but the enemy sneaks in and it sounds like the very thoughts of your head and he brings shame to be a stop gate or to prevent you from stepping into the fullness of what God has for you. You say, Pastor Kerry, you don't know. You don't know what I've done. I can't talk to anybody about this. I, there's no way I can rebuild. There's no hope for our marriage. There's no hope for this future. And that's a lie from the enemy. Do you know what's interesting? When we read about the, the building of the temple, when Solomon in 1 Kings built the, the first brick and mortar temple for, for the glory of God, he wanted to, to revere the holy place and he, he, he wanted to show honor and respect for, for God. And so he, he declared that all the masons and, and all the, the iron workers, that they could not have the clang or the sound of iron or tools on the site of the temple because he wanted to honor God. And the temple was made of stones, which means that stonemasons would have to go to the place of the temple and measure perfectly and intricately the space for this brick and for this stone. And they would go miles away to the quarry 
with the measurements in hand. And they would chisel and masterfully work and beautifully carve the stone and then carry it back over to the place of the temple. And they would fit that stone in perfectly to its location and go back and forth, building the temple brick by brick and stone by stone. Isn't it interesting that Paul said, God is using us to build his church irrespective of how we got here, fitting us in brick by brick and stone by stone. You see, you just thought that in the darkest moments of your life, when you had run too fast, when you had walked away too far, when you rejected him or when you were hurting or you were alone, that God was distant. But God, like a beautiful stonemason, was there masterfully chiseling and chipping and building and forming you and your story to fit you in perfectly to the building of Velocity Church in Lawrence, Kansas, because the story that you have brings power and glory to the Almighty God. And when you recognize that God is building you and that there's people in this city, in this town, that desperately needs your testimony. God gets the glory. He builds his church with you and me just like a crane. Building a crane. Come on. To build a building. I got one question for you in three parts. Why wouldn't you be in a group? But I'm just an introvert and I don't like to talk. Stop it. Find your person and get in a group. Well, I don't really like groups. Stop making excuses and get your ear in into a group. Well, there's not a group that I like. We'll start leading a group that you like and invite some people to your groups. I don't have to talk to the extroverts. They're like, 19 groups, yay. (laughs) I love groups. It's my favorite. Can we do seasons all year round? Yay. (laughs) Why, Why wouldn't you be on a team? Well, my last church, they just... Always ask us to volunteer. Yeah, that's biblical. Is this the first time you're hearing this? God created Adam and Eve, and he placed them in the garden to work the garden. Jump on a team. Stop making excuses. Some of you were destined to be the greatest greeter. You have a great smile, and you're not afraid of talking to people. Like, I love, I love shaking hands. Be a greeter. Some of you are like, I hate talking to people. They're all on the tech team. <laughs> true, it's truth. They like duck. They're like, oh gosh, stop pointing at us right now. Some of you have musical abilities. You need to try out for the worship team, and we'll let you know if you do. Some of you have no business being up here. Some of you, like, when I started talking about speaking destiny in the lives of kids, you're like, I need to do that. Get on the kids' team. Get your rear end over there and speak life into some kids who may never, ever hear that from anyone else. I think the greatest parts of heaven are going to be populated with people who are on the kids' team because they don't get to be in service right now. They have kids, and they're taking your snot-nosed kid right now. Not yours, the person seated next to you. Get on a stinking team. Why, why wouldn't you bring your friends to church? Well, what if they just think it's weird? Okay. If you're weird, they might think it's weird, but you're probably not. So they're, Are you with me? What if they don't like it? Okay. I didn't say invite your friends. I said bring your friends. I'm a foodie. Anybody else in here a foodie? This morning we went to 1900 on Mass. 
What was that thing called we had? A, a morning bun? Jesus lived in that thing. <laughs> Holy smokes, I'm going a lot over five minutes. I can feel pressure from over here. I'm going to talk to you guys for a minute. It was like this perfect concoction of pastry, cinnamon, and the Holy Spirit. And if I lived here, first of all, I weigh like 900 pounds. Second of all, I would say, hey, if you're my friend, which we would be friends, 10 o'clock, you're meeting me at 1900 on Mass. And I would be there, I would have the morning bun ready, and I would sit there like this, waiting for you to take a bite. Like, it's amazing, isn't it? Do the same thing with church. Hey, just come to church with me one time, 9 a.m., we're going to do this. 11 a.m. is better? Okay, we're, meet me there. I'm going to sit by you. The greatest days of your life are ahead of you, but I'm telling you, you're missing out if you're not connected to the power of who God is. Hey, bring your friends to church. Why? Because a life centered around building the church is the greatest life to live. Because God created you to build a church, to build people just like a crane, building a crane to build a building.